Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. My wife and I were driving back to our cabin we have in the North Woods after visiting friends in town. It was a hot, muggy summer night, but it was cooling down fast, which made it start to get foggy. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. The road went about a half mile through a spruce bog, then up a hill to where a farm field was on the right. Hardwoods were on the left. I was in my mid-fifties at the time and did not believe in things like what we were about to see. Out of the fog from the farm field, going from right to left, came a creature. The creature was about eight to ten feet off the ground. The best way to describe what we saw would be to say, it looked like a person who had jumped off a trampoline and took off with their arms stretched out in front of them. 
with their legs bent. It was upright, however, and was covered all over with fur. It was not a coyote or wolf, but looked like a cross between a man and some kind of canine. It had pointy ears and a long snout. My wife later said the head reminded her of the ancient Egyptian god, with a dog head, but furry. It landed flat on its feet, directly in front of my wife's van, no more than 20 feet away. The craziest thing is it landed and jumped like a kangaroo, flying back off into the fog. Its arms were still sticking straight out in front of it. It did not act or look like any canine we know of. We had been going slowly because of the fog. As soon as she saw that thing, she stopped the van. We just looked at each other, like, did we really just see that? However, we did see it, and it still freaks us out to this day. Another weird thing is, we both felt that it was not of this world. It did not move naturally, and that was just the feeling we got. We don't tell many people about what we saw, because the people we have told don't believe or want to believe we saw what we saw. However, I did tell a good friend of mine who didn't laugh because he said when he was a little kid, his father, who was a logger, used to tell him about loggers in the woods seeing Dogman. I'm so glad I found this website. I see that other rational people have seen similar creatures. Like some others, I was with someone who witnessed it too. It must be really difficult for someone who sees one of these things by themselves to try and explain to others what they saw. I'd always dreamed of living in a small town with friendly neighbors and a cozy house. So, when I got a job offer in a picturesque town in the middle of nowhere, I jumped at the chance. I found a charming little house on the outskirts of town and moved in without a second thought. At first, everything seemed perfect. The house was just what I wanted, the neighbors were friendly, and the town had a quaint charm that I couldn't resist. But soon strange things started happening. Objects would move on their own, strange noises would wake me up in the middle of the night, and I would see ghostly figures in the shadows. I brushed it off as my imagination playing tricks on me, but things only got worse. One night I woke up to find a group of Native American spirits standing at the foot of my bed. They looked angry and vengeful, and I knew that something was terribly wrong. I asked them what they wanted, and they just stood silent. When I covered my face with blanket, they disappeared. Next morning, I did some research and discovered that my house had been built on a sacred Native American burial ground. The spirits were angry that their resting place had been disturbed, and I suppose they were seeking revenge or something. I called a local park ranger for help. He was a friendly guy who knew a lot about the local history and culture. He came to my house and performed a ritual to banish the spirits. At least it looked like it. I did felt a sense of relief as the spirits faded away, but my relief was short-lived. As the park ranger left, I started to shake. I called him with my last dying breath, and he rushed inside. I was lying on the ground, my body twisted in unnatural ways. I realized with horror that this is it. I'm dying. Local newspapers said that the park ranger had unintentionally killed a young woman while trying to banish the spirits. Later on, he was filled with grief and guilt. He was comprehended by police because he was a suspect of a murder. No one. 
knew that the park ranger had been trying to help young woman, and his actions unintentionally had led to tragedy. He was devastated by what had happened and in the end. In 2020, my mom and I decided to go on an overnight camping trip together on the Oregon coast. I picked a what looked like a pretty campsite from a campsite app, and off we went. When we got there, we realized it was right off the highway, but there were enough trees and a fence up front that you couldn't really see the road. But the gate was just a metal gate that swung into place, no locks. There was a house on either side, but the property was fenced in on both sides. We pitched the tent pretty far back close to the woods on the back of the property. The closest house was about 100 yards away, and the highway was about 200 yards. But again, it was all mostly fenced in and surrounded by tall firs. It was a lovely sight, and my mom raved about how beautiful and peaceful it was. I will say that I got a feeling of dread as soon as we walked onto the property, but we arrived late and I didn't know if we'd be able to get a new spot quickly. My mom could tell I was nervous, but for some reason I put her enjoyment of the beauty of the campsite over my feeling of dread. We made a nice campfire and enjoyed some hot chocolate as we watched the fire. I kept an eye out and didn't see or hear anything odd. My mom went to bed before I did, and I stayed up and watched the fire for a long time before going to bed. Finally, I tucked in, very exhausted from staying up. At about 2 a.m., I awoke to twigs snapping and what sounded like someone dragging their fingers on the side of the tent up to the front. I sat up and grabbed up phone and the only weapon I had, a large flashlight, and unzipped my sleeping bag in case I needed to fight anyone. There was a full moon that night and I couldn't tell if it was a, a person's shadow falling on the tent or if it was a tree branch shadow moving from the wind. It sounded like there were two people outside trying to be quiet. We had brought our boots inside so there was no indicator outside of who was in the tent. It felt like they were trying to gauge the tent while I was listening for where they were. I had made sure to make enough noise so they knew someone inside was alert, but no more than that. If they know someone is awake, they can't surprise us. But they also don't know who is inside and whether or not we have guns. I sat there in the dark until dawn. My mom slept through the whole thing. When we got up and out of the tent, small things had been moved. Our camp chairs had cup holders. One cup that had been in a cup holder was on the ground. A pen that had been in a cup holder was also on the ground. My mom raves about how good her sleep was and how refreshing it was to camp there, so I didn't want to burst her bubble or scare her. We packed up, and I didn't tell her, but let her have a nice memory of deep rest and while camping on this beautiful property. Was it someone living in the woods? Someone walking down the highway in the middle of the night? Creepy neighbors. Who knows? My mom got a great experience, and I got a refund and a fear of camping. The property owner said they might set up cameras to keep an eye on things in the future. People scare more than almost anything else that could be out there. Anyway, listen to your gut. We should have found another campsite or at least a hotel. I am Jack, a park ranger responsible for ensuring the safety of visitors and the preservation of our natural environment. 
but my latest task was to escort a group of scientists into a remote part of the park to study a rare and mysterious species of plant. The journey to the research site was long and arduous, and we had to cross several rivers and steep cliffs. The plant was said to have unique properties that could be used to develop new medicines and treatments for various diseases. I was excited to be part of such an important scientific endeavor, but little did I know that it would be a journey of horror and terror. When we arrived at the research site, I noticed the plant was unlike anything I had ever seen before. It was tall and had a deep crimson color with sharp thorns along its stem. The scientists, including Dr. Sarah, Dr. John, and Dr. Lee, were thrilled at the prospect of studying it. As they began their research, they discovered that the plant had powerful and dangerous properties. It could cause hallucinations, and those who consumed it could experience strange and terrifying visions. However, the scientists were not deterred and continued to conduct their experiments. But as the days went by, we began to notice that something was off. The forest around us became eerily quiet, and the animals disappeared. The only sound we could hear was the sound of our own breathing and the rustling of the leaves and the wind. One evening, as we were preparing to sleep, we heard a loud and disturbing noise coming from the forest. It sounded like a human scream, but it was mixed with an unearthly growl. We were all frightened, but we tried to brush it off as just a wild animal in the forest. But the next morning, we discovered something that would change everything. One of the scientists, Dr. Lee, was missing. We searched the entire area, but there was no trace of him. His tent was empty, and his equipment was scattered around the site. We began to realize that we were being hunted by something that wanted to keep the plant secrets hidden at all costs. We could feel its presence in the forest, watching us, waiting for the perfect moment to strike. The atmosphere around us became increasingly tense, and we were all on edge. We tried to stay together and keep our wits about us, but the fear was overwhelming. We had no idea what we were up against. As the days went on, more and more of us began to disappear. The creature that was hunting us was becoming bolder, and we could hear it moving closer to our camp every night. We were running out of time, and we knew we had to find a way out of there before it was too late. One night, as we were preparing to defend ourselves against the creature, we heard a strange noise coming from the plant. It was a low, humming sound, and it seemed to be coming from deep within the stem. The scientists were intrigued, but I knew we had to get out of there. We began to pack our gear and prepare to leave when suddenly the creature attacked. It was a massive creature with glowing eyes and sharp claws. It moved with incredible speed, and we were no match for it. In the chaos, I grabbed the plant and fled. I knew that it was our only hope of understanding what had happened and what was at stake. The plant hummed in my arms and I could feel its power. As I made my way back to civilization, I could feel the creature's presence behind me, but I kept running. I knew that I had to get this plant to safety no matter what it took. In the end, I made it back to civilization, but the memory of that night still haunts me. The plant was studied extensively, and it was discovered that it had mind-altering properties. It could induce hallucinations and manipulate one's perception of reality. It was a powerful substance, but it came at a great cost. The scientists who were with me never made it out of the forest alive. 
Their fate remains unknown, and I fear that they were consumed by the very plant they sought to study. I was lucky to have escaped with my life, but I am forever haunted by the horrors I witnessed. The plant was eventually destroyed, and the area where it was found was declared off limits. The government deemed it too dangerous to be accessed by anyone, and it was sealed off permanently. But I know that the creature still lurks in the shadows, waiting for its next victim. It was created by the same experiments that produced the plant, and it will stop at nothing to protect its secrets. I often wonder what would have happened if we had never discovered that plant. Would we have remained safe, oblivious to the horrors that lurked in the shadows? Or was it always destined to be unleashed, to wreak havoc on the world? I may never know the answer, but one thing is for certain. That night in the forest changed me forever. It showed me that there are things in this world that we cannot control, things that are beyond our understanding. And it taught me to always be wary of the unknown, for it may be far more dangerous than we could ever imagine. I've done some extensive research as to find an explanation on what me and three other friends witnessed in broad daylight, and that research led me here. A couple friends and I were traveling along IE-40 when we needed to stop in Gallup to fill up the gas tank. The time was about 4 p.m. or so, and we pull into the town. There was a gas station close by to the entrance, so we decided to go there, and as we waited in the turning lane, we noticed a girl or boy. We couldn't tell what this person was, because it had a hoodie on, with the hood tightly secured around its head. As it walked in front of our vehicle, it turned to look at us, and the face we saw was not human at all. It had a long face with a pointy chin, a small nose, and very big elongated eyes. So of course we all flipped the F out for a brief second as it turned away and began running. We attempted to follow it but in a matter of five seconds it was gone. I'm hoping locals have seen similar things because the only two guesses we have is that what we saw was either an alien or a shapeshifter similar to a skinwalker. I want to return to Gallup soon and stay for a few nights to really gain some clarity to it all. New Mexico has always been very mystical and this is one of many experiences we had while just simply passing through. I spent a small part of my military career at the Harvey Point Defense Testing Facility in North Carolina. Most people know that the base is completely shrouded in CIAA mystery. The rumors and conspiracy theories about Harvey Point run strong and plenty. The facility is hidden away behind large fences and large trees. It's a fascinating place with a fascinating history, but I do hope that I never set foot there again. It's a fairly large facility, and most of the people there like to make friends, as is normal amongst humans. While I was there, I heard many people talking about an animal of some kind that would appear occasionally at night and scare one of the personnel. I was always one of the people who was just too busy to stop and chat, so I never really joined in the conversations. I always just heard it in passing. From what I could gather, though, the animal was terrifying. It had scared some personnel so badly that they needed counseling. I just figured it was a large dog or a bear or something. 
Anyway, it seemed to be a rather hushed topic of discussion. I had heard many people talk about other people having seen it, but I had never heard anyone actually say that they had seen it, so I brushed it off most of the time. I had never really thought anything of it. I was always too busy to pay attention, and I didn't care much for spooky campfire stories. That is, until I discovered that it was nothing at all like a spooky campfire story. I was walking through the base one night taking some paperwork with me. For the life of me, I can't remember exactly where I was going, but I know that I was walking with determination. I had my head down and I was looking at the papers when I walked directly into something. I remember noticing at first that it felt like human skin, as if I had walked into someone who was completely naked. Only this thing was completely cold. Keep in mind, all of this happened within a matter of seconds. I looked up and staring at me is what looks similar to what I imagine a shaved bear looks like. Only the skin was pale and it was about three times the size of a large bear. It was scrawny and it breathed heavily. I was completely frozen in place I didn't know what to do. Should I run? Should I call for help? I knew for sure that attacking wasn't an option. The large claws on that creature told me that it could kill me with one hit. So I just stared, unable to breathe from fear. The creature just huffed and scampered off into the darkness, leaving me there in a state of pure panic. The sweat was running down my back when I finally caught my breath. But with every second that I stood outside, I felt more and more unsafe. So I turned and went back to bed, forgetting all about the paperwork in my hands. That night I didn't sleep at all. I just thought about whether or not I should tell someone what I had seen. But then I remembered the way that other people spoke about those who had come into contact with the creature, and all of it had been negative. Those people had been called weak, crazy, unstable, unable to serve. I didn't want that for myself, so I decided that I would just rather keep quiet and never walk through the base at night again. The thing that scared me most about it was that I found myself constantly wondering how it got inside the facility, or if it was rather trapped in there with no way out. I've seen them all my life growing up on the Navajo Reservation, to the point there's no fear or exhilaration anymore. One of my most recent encounters happened a few years ago. I was trying to sleep in the bed of my truck, and this strange dog tried to hop in the truck bed with me. I shooed him away, and near the wheel well, where the dog went, an angry young man stood up. We were face to face for about a minute before he skipped, not sauntered or walked or ran, but skipped off. Then the rest of the night, he tried breaking into my truck. He ignored me when I spoke to him. I had half a mind to shoot him before I instead drove off in the middle of the night. I am Tennessee, a Native American who has always felt a deep connection to the forest. As a child, I spent many hours exploring the woods, listening to the songs of the birds and feeling the gentle breeze on my face. I knew every inch of the forest, or so I thought, until one night when I had an encounter that changed everything. I was out in the woods hunting for deer when I heard a strange noise. It was a low guttural growl that made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. I knew that sound, but it was impossible. It was a growl of a bipedal brown Bigfoot, a creature that I'd only heard of in legends. As I stood there frozen with fear, 
the creature appeared before me. It was massive, towering over me at nearly eight feet tall. Its eyes glowed in the darkness, and I could see its powerful muscles rippling beneath its fur. I felt like I was facing an otherworldly creature. The creature bared its teeth, growling menacingly. I tried to back away slowly, but it took a step forward, blocking my path. I knew that if it wanted to, it could easily overpower me. I was powerless, stuck in place with near to go. Suddenly the creature turned and ran off into the forest. I stood there, trembling and trying to catch my breath, wondering what had just happened. I had encountered a bipedal brown Bigfoot and lived to tell the tale. Over the next few days, I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being watched. I heard strange noises and saw shadows moving in the trees. I knew that the creature was still out there, somewhere in the forest, and I was never sure when it would make its presence known again. From that day on, I never went into the woods alone and always kept my senses sharp, knowing that I might encounter the creature again. I had experienced something that most people only hear about in legends, and it had changed me forever. First, let me say that this is a true story. My friend called me to ask if I would stay at his property while he and his wife went back east to care for his ailing mother. About two weeks, he asked. I said sure, and I arrived on or about 10-10-2004 mid-afternoon. As soon as I arrived, they left for the airport and Grant's pass for their flight. I was left with directions on what to feed the chickens, goats, and pets. My friends had just moved onto this property a few weeks before. He had planted a large garden, cleared some forest land for a pasture, and etc. And at 6 a.m. the next morning, I walked out to the barn, roughly a hundred yards from the house, to feed the chickens and goats, and was surprised to see the goats in the back part of the pasture already as they had been locked in the barn the evening before. As I approached the barn door, I suddenly found the door was open. The wood handle was over my head in height from the ground was in the up position. I looked into the barn and all I saw was a mess of chicken feathers everywhere. Bloodly mess also. Not a single chicken was to be found, just feathers, so I backtracked out of the barn. There I noticed these huge human-looking footprints, five-toed and about 16 inches in length. These were leading off toward the river, which was down over the bank through thick timber and blackberry vines. I followed these tracks, which was not hard through the thickets, down to the river. There I was surprised again at finding a huge set of rocks stacked onto each other, about four feet high, with some chicken feathers laying about. I was then starting to get worried and quickly got back to the barn, fed the goats, which were not bothered as far as I could tell. That day went by so quickly as I dreaded seeing the darkness of night come on. That evening, I locked the goats in the barn, put a padlock on the handle, and settled in for a long night of thinking about what I had found that morning. I'd already carried in the firewood enough to last all night and was disturbed at the fact there was no curtains on any windows in their house. Anyone or anything could see inside the house if the lights were on. I left most of the lights off. I went into a back bedroom to email my friend to tell him about his chickens. I was sitting next to a corner window using the computer when suddenly a big, tall shadow walked directly by, right in front of the window. I looked into the eyes of a creature roughly eight feet tall. Hair covered most of the body. Full facial features were not clear in the moonlight. 
but was enough to scare me silly. I was quiet, kept the lights off, and heard this Bigfoot walk onto the deck outside. I went from room to room as quickly as I could to watch what he would do outside. I was armed with a .38 special, but no way I would have shot this creature with a small weapon as this. Finally, after about ten minutes, he was gone. Just walked back into the edge of the timber down toward the river. Next morning at daylight, I was outside looking at these sixteen inches tracks, thinking about how heavy this creature had to be. To leave tracks that were around an inch and a half deep and rather dry ground, this location is within seven miles of the Oregon Caves National Park, where another Bigfoot was reported to be seen. I'm a park ranger at the Grand Canyon National Park, the vast chasm of the Grand Canyon, with its towering red rock formations and pristine beauty, is awe-inspiring to behold. But beneath the stunning exterior lies a dark and dangerous secret that has been hidden deep within the heart of the canyon for centuries. One evening, as I was patrolling the park, I heard a strange guttural noise coming from the heart of the deep woods. Curiosity peaked. I decided to investigate. But what I encountered was far from what I expected. As I ventured deeper into the woods, I came face to face with a dark, hulking figure. It was over seven feet tall, covered in fur, and its eyes glinted with a malevolent hunger. It was unlike any creature I'd ever seen before. Before I could even reach for my radio, the creature attacked. I was outnumbered and outmatched, but I refused to give up. I fought with all my might, using every ounce of my strength and training. It was a struggle for survival, with the dark Bigfoot intent on taking me down. In the end, I was able to escape but the experience left me shaken and haunted by what I had encountered. I soon realized that what I had encountered was far more than just a wild animal. It was a dark mystery, something beyond my understanding, lurking in the heart of the Grand Canyon. And even now, as I look back on that fateful day, I can't help but shiver with a mix of fear and excitement. Every night I hear what sounds like someone talking through a very muffled megaphone outside my window. It's always far away, but just enough to still hear it. The voice changes like someone is flipping to another channel on a TV. Every night that I go out with my family around our neighborhood for walks or car rides, I never hear it. The strangest part about it, though, is that it sounds high up in the air, and it starts from what sounds like one side of the neighborhood to the other. I don't know how it's able to get from one side to the other that fast because my neighborhood is extremely large and has small roads that aren't very direct. The noise always happens between 9 and 11 p.m. at night. I asked a bunch of people in my neighborhood if they heard it too, to which they said no. There are apparently no events in the neighborhood or nearby because I checked with the HOA and even went to town hall and asked about it. But again, they said that there couldn't be any events like that. I wouldn't be suspicious of that fact if not for nobody else in the neighborhood hearing it. I don't know what the noise is or who or what it comes from, but I just want it to stop. It has affected my mental health and sleep schedule, and I just want it gone. <laughs> 